Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Survivors Writing Wrongs. My name is Katie, and I'm your host this evening. Um, Bridget might be joining me later on the episode, but for now I'm just going to get into um, what this week's episode is about. Um, so we're going to actually cover stalking uh, this evening. So have you ever experienced stalking? Has anybody ever stalked you? Have you known anybody who's been stalked? Um, you know, to be honest, when I first thought about stalking, I always thought it was, you know, the um, mainstream stalking, right? You think somebody following someone and um, intimidating them, making them fearful, uh, you know, showing up places and stuff like that, right? But um, once you actually dive into what stalking is, it's actually uh, really, really encompassing. There's so many things that um, are involved in stalking, actually, and different types of stalking that exist. So um, I'm going to start off. I've got uh, an article in front of me by Lawrence Miller, Stalking Patterns, Motives, and Intervention Strategies, and I'm just going to define what stalking is. Um, so stalking is generally defined as an international, or sorry, an intentional pattern of repeated intrusive and intimidating behaviors toward a specific person that causes the target to feel harassed, threatened, and fearful, or that a reasonable person would regard as being so. Now, some motivations for stalking include a delusional belief in romantic destiny. So they might be obsessed with you and think that they're in love with you. Meanwhile, it's one-sided. Um, a desire to reclaim a prior relationship, so after you've broken up and when they hover and they just harass you and won't leave you alone, keep texting you or messaging you, hounding you, you know, showing up at your place, things like that. Um, a sadistic urge to torment the victim, um, so you know, just gets a sick, sick thrill out of, you know, making you scared and, you know, brew. <laughs> Uh, ruining your life in a sense, really, you know, it causes so much trauma and things you have to recover from. Um, <clears throat> yeah, or, of course, a psychotic over-identification with the victim and the desire to replace him or her. So stalkers may uh, carry a variety of diagnostic labels, including psychotic disorders, delusional disorders, or cluster B personality disorders. They're generally refractive to conventional psychological treatments. Uh, risk factors for violence in stalking scenarios include a prior intimate relationship, the stalker's feeling of being rejected or humiliated, the generic risk factors for violence such as low educational level and substance abuse. Um, cyber stalking can be distressing, uh, so victims, um, or if not more so to victims, um, as physical stalking due to the concealment and anonymity afforded by electronic communication. Victims may adopt varying strategies for dealing with stalkers, such as avoiding, confronting, seeking third-party assistance, and accessing the legal system. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I unfortunately have some experience with stalking. Um, uh, my ex used to show up at my place of work all the time, and because I lived at my parents' business upstairs in the apartment he would show up there and she would let him in my place and there would be often times that he would just show up while I was in the living room in my house I'd be like what are you doing here um, another instance he 
tried to break into my house the one time. Um, we weren't getting along. I had broken up with him and left. And so again, you know, with the stalking, the always harassing and, oh, I love you. And I, you're my one and only like, you know, the really big hover and manipulation to try and get you back and just never leaving you alone, always at you, like never giving you a chance to breathe, even though you told them several times, uh, I need to fix myself. I need space. I don't want to be with anyone right now. I want to get better. You know, they just, they don't listen and they just keep at you. And so Typically, too, if someone's stalking you, there's something mentally wrong with them. You know, there's, like it mentioned in the description there, you know, there's some sort of psychological problem. So, uh, psychotic disorders, delusion disorders, cluster B personalities, um, lots of narcissists or stalkers as well. Um, but yeah, back to that story. Um, so all day he had kept saying that he was going to come by later because he wanted to talk. And I said, don't come around. I don't want to talk to you. And mind you, we have children together. So he used that as a really big excuse as well. And it just, it complicated things so much. And my parents, my, my mom, she, she's got her own things going on and at the time she really wanted me to be with him and wanted us to work it out because her and my dad never worked it out like it was just toxic and just the whole thing so she kept pushing him and encouraging it meanwhile I was trying to push it away so it made it really complicated too and yeah the kids were involved unfortunately and so this evening he ended up showing up at the house as I told him not to and I called the police because he kept trying to open the door and like get in the door and he tried at the window and then he came back to the door and he kept trying to get in. I was like, you need to leave. So I called the police. He ended up leaving, driving around the block. And remember, I live upstairs in the apartment. So he parked around the block, watched the back lane for the police to show up and then continued to text me and say how he was stalking me and how he felt like he was when he was stalking me when he kicked me out of his place another time. And I went and stayed with a friend who was a male friend. And so he was stalking and harassing and threatening my friend while I was staying with him. And then he accused me of sleeping with him, even though he was like a grandpa to me, essentially. Like, oh, just the behaviors of these individuals is beyond exhausting. And, you know, it just makes you fearful. And unfortunately, you know, flash forward a few years and I've gotten away from him, essentially. But of course, like I said, we still have children and something very devastating happened and there's been a period of time where he's not allowed around and I have a protection order and, you know, they just, they toe the line and there's only so much that the criminal system and the police can do unless they're in your house. And so I have a protection order, but essentially it's just a piece of paper, you know, um, he's breached it. So we're just like, it's, it's a mess, but you know, it just, it never seems to end. These people just, they need control. There's something wrong with them. They get a sick pleasure out of making you scared. And, you know, the fear that's associated with that, you know, um, I'm scared to let my kids go outside and play. You know, I'm, I'm scared to let them open the door in case he's out there. Like, you never know what he's going to do. Um, I'm scared every time I have to go outside. I'm scared if it's dark and I have to go do something outside. You know, I bought cameras and set them up because he's just created so much fear and paranoia in a sense 
because he's always watching it. It's like he gets a sick thrill out of it. And even after all this stuff happened, um, I ended up getting, so this individual works in agriculture and, um, I've never gotten, you know, Western producers or anything in the mail before. And after all of this happened and he wasn't allowed around and I had the restraining order or the protection order, pardon me, um, these Western producers started showing up in my mailbox. And so, you know, it's, I know it was him who did it. I asked my grandparents, I asked my family members, hey, did you sign me up for this? Nobody signed me up for it. So it was his way of being a constant reminder, like, hey, you got this protection order, but I'm sick and I'm going to still send you these papers every week. I got you a subscription so you can still remember me. So it's just that psychological torment and, you know, it just never feels like it's going to end sometimes and you almost feel helpless because there's just as much as you try and reach out for help, like, they hear you, but our system is so broken, and, you know, police I've talked to even said it's broken, and they can't, they can't do anything, like, their hands are tied, and so it's so sad, because, you know, heaven forbid anything progresses past where it is now, but, you know, it is escalating every time, but it just seems that, like somebody has to almost die before they'll look at it and you know why does it always have to be too late before somebody can step in and do something you know there should be you should be able to provide your documentation and you know if there are enough of these things these people should be put away not just arrested and released on conditions because what or like in reality what the fuck does that do that doesn't do anything. These people don't care about the law or they would be staying away in the first place. They think it's a fucking joke. They think it's a game and what they can get away with. So it's like a challenge, right? It goes back to it being a challenge. And yeah, it's just it's super frustrating because it seems like it just has to take a really drastic turn before someone will will say, oh, well, it's too bad that could have been avoided. And that's the thing. That's what I want to do with survivors righting wrongs. You know, we can make that change. We can reach enough people. You know, we can we can stop things from having to get too far before help is actually instilled or, like, used. You know, the police need more power to do things. The systems need to work together. You know, mental health needs to work with the criminal system where the judges need to work with all these things they need to be trained better I think in, in a lot of instances and you know I don't get me wrong I'm not educated I didn't do a whole bunch of research on you know judge statistics and stuff this is just things that I've heard so um it's it's my experience so don't shoot the messenger here <laughs> but you know it just it seems very broken and you know the systems just need to amalgamate you know in other countries I've heard um they they essentially just, you know, if you're doing stuff like this, you get put into a program where you are rehabilitated and you don't get a choice. You will complete treatment. And here it's more, well, it's voluntary. It's their right. They have the right to say no. So these people, as much as they're, you know, breaking the law or uh, doing these things to harass people and people notice them, they just get a slap on the wrist and they're released. 
unless they actually want to change and how many people out there want to change when they don't think there's anything wrong with them so it just it seems like there just needs to be more more acknowledgement and more systems working together and you know forcibly putting these people in they're problem people and i know you know if that means more taxes directed towards that or whatever it needs to be those systems need to be in place because at the end of the day a lot of these people you know especially if you have children these children are being affected you can say as much as you want like oh you know even domestic violence that's between the the two adults that are you know perpetrator and victim amongst each other the children are affected and even in the court system you know they're always preaching about the children's best interests they don't look at the children's best interests they look at the parents best interests they don't give a fuck about the kids you know it needs to come back to the kids and the kids are our future like these are the people that need to be supported in the future so that they can create healthier generations like we're just creating broken generation after broken generation because nobody gives a fuck it's a corporate system that just it's money fed and they don't care about the people they just want bodies that have warm heartbeats so they can fill a fucking role so they can pay taxes i'm sorry that's a little bit of a different rant but like i don't know it just it floors me and it frustrates me because it just it seems that everybody knows that there's problems but nobody will step up to change them or I shouldn't say that in my experience the people that I've talked to that have told me that well the system's broken and I've said okay well how do we fix it they just throw their hands up in the air and say well I don't know okay well let's start by identifying the problems then so what are the problems so that we can move forward and fix those problems address the proper people what are the steps like i don't know i want to do things like that i want to start a petition and, and start changing things like this because there needs to be more awareness it does affect everybody and nobody has to end up dead because someone didn't step in somewhere where they could have intervened you know it doesn't have to lead to that um but anyway to bring it back a little bit uh back to the stalking part um specifically um, so there are different types of stalkers. I'm going to go over a few of them and just kind of brief, um, what each of them are. Uh, I guess actually I'm going to hit some behaviors, some stalking behaviors. Um, and then we can maybe get into, so, um, hyper intimacy behaviors are, and this is all from the same article um, as stated earlier. But uh, hyper intimacy, oh my gosh, I can't talk. Hyper intimacy behaviors are extensions of typical romantic courtship behaviors, but are pursued to an extreme level, such as showering the target with cards, emails, flowers, endless phone calls, and so on. So you know, sending you gifts, and people are like, "Oh, that's so nice. They're sending you things." Meanwhile, it's unwanted, and you're like, "No, this is an invasion of my." my space this is unwanted i feel threatened by this um so though kind of cute at first the relentless love barrage begins to take on a creepily desperate and confrontational quality over time um mediated contacts are interestingly interestingly common and enlist the use of technology including cell phones email instant messaging text messaging and so on in its more extreme forms this may develop into cyber stalking 
so you know um whether they're hacking your profiles or creating fake identities to you know, slander your public business page on instagram or um uh <laughs> yeah just creating fake profiles to get a hold of you and get around those different things um pretty scary stuff uh da, da, da. So, invasion tactics escalate the intrusiveness of the stalking. The victim's home or workplace may be broken into, computer files may be hacked or infected, or information or physical property may be stolen and vandalized. Um, so, there's also harassment and intimidation. They represent a more severe form of interpersonal intrusiveness. The stalker may verbally insult the victim, may harass her friends and relatives. Hmm, sounds familiar may attempt to damage the victim's reputation through third parties, or may try to jeopardize her work status, and they can show up at your work too. Coercion and threat behaviors represent an even more serious escalation with a high potential for danger to the victim. The stalker may know how to directly threaten, or sorry, may now directly threaten to harm the victim, her family, friends, or pets, or to damage her car or home. Conversely, in a desperate bid to influence the victim, the stalker may threaten to kill himself. See what you've driven me to do? Oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself. And in some cases, accompanied by threats of harm, I'm going, or if I go, I'm taking you with me. So that can get into really dangerous territory. Um, definitely not good. It's it's time to get serious help, and if you don't have a protection order in place by that point, definitely get one and make sure you document that and, you know, get out. Like, maybe just be nice to get out of that situation and be like, oh, no, don't do that, you know, lie or do what you have to do, right? Survive, get out, and then make sure that you get the help and you can relocate, you can do lots of different things to try and get away, um, and there are services out there too, we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, just where you can go, um, and who you can talk to in order to get out. Uh, physical aggression and violence represent the most severe, potentially lethal outcome of stalking. This may include seriously destructive vandalism or arson, physical assault, sexual assault, murder, suicide, murder-suicide, and attacks on friends, workmates, or family members of the victims. Um, interactional contacts involve efforts at direct interpersonal encounters. So this can range from sitting a few tables away at the victim's favorite restaurant to registering at the same classes the victim takes at college to getting a job where the victim works or trying to reach the victim through third parties. Um, Surveillance tactics are especially espionage, so the stalker follows the victim around, takes photos and videos, breaks into her mailbox, hacks into her internet account, attaches a GPS device to her car, and so on. Sometimes this is done clandestinely to gather intelligence about the victim. Other times the stalker may let the victim know that she is a target, but without revealing the pursuer's identity as a way of further frightening and intimidating the victim. So there's lots of different ways... Um, course that stalkers can stalk you like I said you know I didn't realize some of those were stalking because you know even movies and stuff they make you they kind of romanticize stalking in some of the movies and things are changing obviously right but it seems that they definitely 
it used to be romantic. You know, you hear a lot of the older generation talk about things like, oh, you know, I used to show up at grandma's work for 60 days every day and asked her to marry me until finally she said yes. And, you know, now that's just, it's like, what? You know, that should, that should raise some red flags if you ask me. But, uh, you know, what, what do I know? I guess I'm just trying to raise some awareness and gain knowledge as I go along. And knowledge is power, so we got to start somewhere. Um, so there are different types of stalkers. Uh, it's called typologies. Um, so there's the simple obsessed stalker. This is typically a male stalker with a personality disorder and a substance abuse problem who is relentlessly pursuing a former romantic partner. How dare she reject me? Or it's retaliating for perceived injustice at work or elsewhere. How dare he sire me? This is the largest group of stalkers in this typology, comprising more than 50% of the total. The love obsessional stalker, the next largest group, about 30%, is the male stalker who delusionally is delusionally convinced that he is in love with a woman who either loves him back and cannot show it, or has just been denying her love for him to herself for too long, and it's his mission to show her the light. The victim may be someone the stalker knows, but has never had an intimate relationship with, or it may be a stranger he encounters at work or on a college campus. Many cases of celebrity stalkers also fall into this category. The erotoma or sorry, the erotomaniac. Yeah, erotoman erotomanic stalker. The erotomanic stalker. This minority group, 10% of stalkers, is where women predominate, usually pursuing male strangers or casual acquaintances. Several cases of male celebrities having their homes broken into by starstruck women seems to fit this category. False victimization syndrome. In a number of small cases, 2%, a person claims to be a stalking victim when he or she is not. The motivation for this may represent a bid for attention, an attempt to create an alibi for a retaliatory action, a delusional preoccupation, preoccupation, oh my gosh, I can't talk, a delusional preoccupation with the alleged stalker, or to maintain a relationship with the alleged perpetrator while retaining the sympathetic role of the victim, a kind of reverse stalking. Um, so yeah, the intimacy seeker. This stalker usually has not had a prior relationship with the object of his obsession, but he wants one. He has convinced himself that he and his unwilling, and in the early stages probably unaware, paramour are destined to be together. The target, he believes, is secretly in love with him, but external circumstances such as her profession, social class, or the inconvenience of being mated with another get in the way of her openly professing her love. Many cases of celebrity stalkers fall into this category, and the pursuer is sufficiently, or if sufficiently delusional, may detect secret messages directed at him in the words she says on screen, lyrics in the songs she sings, and so forth. Celebrity or not, he will often deluge his target with letters, electronic messages, and gifts, and he will take the slightest reaction of any kind to prove as proof of her love. The incompetent suitor, uh, like the intimacy seeker, this type of infatuated, or sorry, this type is infatuated with the object of his affection, but is simply seeking a date or sexual encounter, not an eternal soul melding. He is typically a socially inept male who is more likely than other stalker types to be deterred by a firm, forthright rejection and then turn his attentions to a new target. The rejected stalker, 
This person just cannot let go and move on from a terminated relationship. Ding, 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 ding. The stalking represents some mixture of the desire for reconciliation and revenge. If you won't take me back, I'm sure you, I sure won't let you forget me. Oh, doesn't that sound very true? Anyway, in a stalker's mind, the relationship can never really be over, and he wants the victim to know that. There is resentful stalker. Now, then it turned into this. The subject wants payback for his rejection and other injury to his ego. The purpose of the stalking is to intimidate and terrorize the victim in order for the spurred stalker to regain the sense of power and control. He is likely to be among the most intrusive and interpersonally destructive of the stalkers, harassing friends of the victim, attempting to sabotage her work status. Yep. Engaging in cyber-stalking. Yep. Vandalizing her home, car, and possessions, kidnapping pets, and so on. While actual physical attacks on the victim are rare, when they occur, they may be characterized by extreme violence. I hope we don't get to that point, but a lot of the other things check out. Thankfully, nothing with the home or car that I've really noticed, but... Yeah, there's been other things. And then predatory stalking here. We've got, um, as the term implies, the stalker engages in covert surveillance and pursuit of his victim, usually as preparation for an actual assault, most commonly a sexual assault. He'll often remain anonymous to the victim up until the time of the actual attack. This kind of stalking may uh, prelude to more serious behavior patterns, such as serial rape or serial homicide. So the sexually driven stalker, he pursues women to have sex with them, sometimes consensual, other times forced. The unrequited love stalker, he haunts the objects of his affections, who stubbornly refuses to return his adore. Rejected revenge-seeking stalker, once having had a relationship with the victim, he is outraged at her rejection and swears vengeance. How dare she dump me? I'll teach her a lesson she'll never forget. Celebrity stalker, he, and sometimes she, targets famous people. In some cases, the stalker believes the celebrity is in love with him. Example, the Madonna stalker. In other cases, he has a mentally fused, or he has mentally fused his identity with that of a celebrity to the point that he resents the very existence of his rival. Um, so yeah, the political stalker, anger, not affection, drives this person who harasses, threatens, and may, may attack public officials. This sometimes may be a political subtype of celebrity stalker if political figures are targeted for their popularity more than their policies. And then the professional contract killer, so this person's motivated by profit, making it questionable whether he belongs in this typology of stalkers at all. Um, yeah, fun times. So there's lots of different types of stalkers and lots of different uh, types of behaviors. I'm not sure if you guys have ever experienced those. Um, if you have, I would love to hear about it if you're willing to share. Um, we can definitely talk about things and, and your experience. Um, as I said, you know, I've had experience with stalking, unfortunately, and this individual and him showing up in the area where we live, circling the daycare lady's house, even, you know, scaring them. So it's just, it seems to be something definitely wrong with these people anyways. Um, so, 
and another article here why do people stalk so we've gone over some of the behaviors we've gone over the types of stalkers which you know you kind of hear what the motivations of some of them are um but yeah why do people stalk so they often empathize that their victims um, that they love their victims and occasionally stalk to keep others safe um psychologically stalking is a crime of control Stalkers see their victims as possessions who are rightfully theirs, and stalking behavior is frequently activated by a breakup or an ex-partner's new relationship. Um, some mental health issues can lead to stalking. People with personality issues such as borderline personality diagnosis may have trouble letting go of relationships and sometimes use manipulative tactics to control people. Erotomania is a delusion in which a person believes that another person, often a celebrity, is in love with him or her. So... Yeah, some different reasons. It's usually triggered by some sort of sick emotion. Um, I was looking at some statistics earlier, and although there are some female stalkers out there, a lot of the stalkers fall into the male category, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, don't be a statistic if you don't want to be a statistic. You know, it's not everybody out there, obviously. You know, there's healthy people out there, too. I'm not trying to say that there isn't or anything like that, but... Um, so, yeah, guys, I'm not trying to single you out or whatever. You know, there are healthy people out there just like anything else. But um, the statistic is 1.4 million people deal with stalking, and I guess this is a U.S. statistic. I, I should try and find some Canadian ones, as we are Canadian-based. But 1.4 million people, that, that's a lot of people. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, men are usually the perpetrators. Um, so yeah, you know, it's the psychological abuse. The people feel tormented. Um, you know, you're always on guard. Uh, you always feel like someone's watching you. You know, there's a lot of psychological things that go along with it, you know. So you focus on the behaviors of that, and let's focus on a, a bit of what it does to the victim. Um, you know, as I kind of mentioned throughout, it... For me personally, it's a lot of fear. You know, like I have kids, so I'm worried about them. I'm worried about when they go to school, if he's going to pick them up or kidnap them off the bus or something. So there's that, you know. I'm scared of them just even walking a block by themselves. I'm scared of them even going outside. You know, and that's no way to live. I'm, I'm scared... I'm not scared of that, but actually I'm I'm sick of constantly watching videos on my camera to see which sketchy vehicle is stopping by and documenting the people that are stopping at the yard and, you know, his truck or his parents' truck or a friend's truck, you know, they they find different ways to to get around those barriers of a protection order. You know, they, they almost, like I said, they find it like a game. Um, but yeah, they'll use any method to contact you. 
Um, another thing that goes along with stalking, I was learning today as I was kind of rebriefing on some things before I did this podcast. Um, it's called unwanted pursuit behavior. Um, now, unwanted pursuit behavior is, it's very similar to stalking. Um, so with it, it's just, it's almost like a, a degree lower. So it's still someone who's being seeked out by a previous partner. Um, it's unwanted, <laughs> of course, you know, they've asked them to stop and it, it just, it isn't. So, um, forgive me, I'm just trying to go through all of these things because I thought I printed it off. I might have to come back to you with a little bit more information on that, but that was a term that came up today when I was going through things, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, oh, I did print it off, so here we go. Unwanted pursuit behaviors. Do, 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 do. Um, one thing that I do like about doing this podcast is that it's kind of helping me go along my journey right now as well, um, kind of through the system, because... I'm learning a lot more leverage in a sense that is going to help me protect my children in the most beautiful way possible. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really nice to, it's really nice to know. So the more that I can educate myself and educate others, I hope it helps everyone else in, in their little journey as well. But, um, so I'm just going to quickly describe the definition of unwanted pursuit behaviors. Um, so this article is Violence and Victims, Volume 15, November, or sorry, Number 1, 2000. Um, breaking up is hard to do. Unwanted pursuit behaviors following the dissolution of a romantic relationship uh, by Jennifer Langrichinson Rowling. Sorry if I butchered your name. I'm sorry, doll. Uh, Russell, Jennifer, and Martin. We'll just, we'll give you your first names. I give you props. Thank you for the information. Unwanted pursuit behaviors, broadly defined, include activities that constitute ongoing and unwanted pursuit of a romantic relationship between individuals not currently involved in a consensual romantic relationship with each other. So theoretically, um, UPBs, unwanted pursuit behaviors, are thought to be, are thought to be most likely occurring at two different points in the developmental trajectory of a romantic relationship, i.e. prior to obtaining a consensual relationship and after consensual relationship has been terminated. Unwanted pursuit behaviors that occur prior to the consensual relationship can be conducted by strangers or acquaintances to the victims. Uh, they, they are by definition perpetrated by individuals who previously had a consensual romantic relationship with the victim. So they vary in severity, could be a hang-up call, threatening behavior, stalking. So it does kind of tie in with it. So I apologize for my misinformation earlier on that. Um, but yeah, so there are different types of resource centers and stuff too. Um, one that I learned about today is called SPARC. It's S-P-A-R-C. Um, and depending on where you are in um, either Canada or the U.S., if you look up on your state government site, a lot of them do have 
um, resources that you can access there. And if you need help with that, again, feel free to email me and I can look them up for you and we can figure out a way to get it to you. Um, I'm definitely more willing to help. But yeah, I know that there are different ones like on our provincial site. Um, there are different options and different resource centers that you can talk to and they'll help you out with all of those things as well. And people who will help you fill out a protection order also. Um, even if you have to get the police involved. So there's definitely some things out there if you are a victim of stalking. Um, you know, living in fear, constantly being watched, you know, having things appear. It's intimidating. It doesn't feel good. So, you know, you need to protect yourself. Um, and there's definitely ways, you know, I want to empower you that you can get out. Protect yourself. You matter. You're worth it. partner hello and welcome <laughs> hello man so i don't know if you just got my text but i um i was recording for like 35 minutes and then i stopped because i wanted to grab papers and i started recording again and i didn't realize that i had to save so it just fucking oh. ate thing that's okay i i know my shit now and we can go over the things oh <laughs> shit yeah oh well what do you do right yeah but i did kind of do a little intro earlier and um so i'm gonna segue you in and then kind of update you on where we are and then we can Great. chat how to get done yeah. All right. So joining us now is Bridget. She popped on, so we're okay. gonna have a look. yeah. Say hi to the listeners. Oh hi. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna have a little chat about stalking. So, um, Bridget, I was just letting our audience know, uh, just kind of that there's different types of stalking out there. Uh, we're gonna kind of cover some stalking behaviors. Um, the, you know, the different typologies, um, the way that it makes your the victims feel and just kind of cover some resources and stuff. And there's there's really a lot to talk about um, when it comes to stalking. And, you know, have have you ever had any experience with stalking, Bridget? What do you know about stalking? Well, it wasn't me directly, but like I know people in my life who have gone through it. And uh, it was it was kind of shocking to find out about, to say the least. Yeah. Well, well, perhaps if you're willing later on, you can share as we go if any of these strike a strike a chord or a memory. Um, but yeah, let let's let everybody know what stalking is. So out of this paper, it's called. The Aggression and Violent Behavior, it's the Journal of Aggression and Violent Behavior, pardon me. L. Miller is the author of this paper. And he describes stalking as an intentional pattern of repeated intrusive and intimidating behaviors towards a specific person that causes the target to feel harassed, threatened, and fearful, 
or that a reasonable person would regard as being so. So stalking is one of the last interpersonally threatening behaviors to have been criminalized. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty shocked when I found out how recently it was uh, deemed like criminal behavior, you know, like yeah. since it's categorized as a thing, like a term put to it, I was really kind of shocked to find out how recent it was. Yeah. Well, this paper says California was the first state in 1990 to pass an anti-stalking law. So, and by mm -hmm. 2000, all 50 states finally caught up. So, I mean, this is still just in its infancy, really. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Um, you know, I watch a lot of true crime shows and stuff like that, too. And, uh, you know, even in movies, uh, you see stalking being romanticized in some instances. You know, like uh, an example I heard was, you know, this grandpa, he showed up at his wife's work for every day for 60 days and asked her to marry him and she kept telling him no and finally on the 60 day she finally gave in like that's not cool <laughs> that's, that's actually stalking like you you were stalking her you were showing up at her work she didn't want you around and you just kept forcing yourself on her till she felt she had no choice but to give in so you would leave her alone yeah man actually it was just was just watching a show earlier with my boyfriend and one of the characters in it was was legit a stalker and like was stalking this woman and like this is a fake instance but like this shit happens like in real like it it happens all the time like where he was stalking this lady at his work and then like she refused him because she was married and he ended up killing her ah uh. And that's an unfortunate reality in a lot of cases, though, too, hey, is that because, like, so what are your options if you're being stalked, right? So you get a protection order. Okay, it's a piece of paper. The person can still show up and do all these things. Okay, it's a breach. So they get arrested. They get released. They get to do it again. And really, it just keeps escalating. And in a lot of cases, these people end up being killed before somebody goes, hmm, maybe we should have stopped something. You know, there's just so many missed opportunities and, um, you know, the justice system and the police, uh, the police aren't to blame because they see the holes in the problem and they want to be able to help, but they're so restricted as to what they can do. So that's where, you know, my passion comes in because even dealing with stalking myself, I, I see this and I see how they feel helpless, you know, they're not supported and they see these things and they don't want more statistics like that, but, you know, where do you start? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I was going to go over here some types of stalking. Now, maybe we could play not a little game because... <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most topics, but... Um, I'll I'll read it off what the name of the type of stalker is and we can see if you can figure out maybe what it is and I'll I'll clarify how's that. Yeah man, throw it at me. All right. So first one we've got here, um so stalking typologies, the simple obsessional stalker. What do you think that would be? Simple obsessional stalker. So I'm gonna imagine probably like 
so if it, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of the stock ye, the the okay. stocked. Um, so I am yeah. I'm going about my life. There's a guy at school who he's really into me, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not really looking for that right now. And he just doesn't know when to say no, and he just never gives up. You know what? You're really not that far off. Good job. Point. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This, this is typically a male stalker with a personality disorder and a, and or a substance abuse problem who is relentlessly pursuing a former rom- romantic partner. How dare she reject me? Or is retaliating for a perceived injustice at work or elsewhere. How dare he fire me? This is the largest group of stalkers in this typology, comprising of more than 50% of the total. So yeah, you weren't really wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about the love obsessional stalker? Oh, I think that's that might be almost even a little more what I was thinking with the first one, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, too. Yeah, so because it's about a person who's because they're into them, they're like, they're like, I gotta, they, I just gotta, I just gotta keep trying, and they'll, they'll, they'll eventually, they'll see it, right? They're gonna love me back. They just don't know it yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> they just, it'll, it'll happen. I just gotta keep trying. Yeah. It won't happen so, unless you try. <laughs> <laughs> Excessively. Yeah. Yeah, obsessive. To a yeah. So, yeah. So in the next largest group, about 30% is the male stalker who is delusionally convinced that he is in love with a woman who either loves him back and cannot show it or just has been denying her love for him to, to herself for too long. And it's his mission to show her the light. This victim Maybe someone the stalker knows but has never had an intimate relationship with, or it may be a stranger he encounters at work or on a college campus. Many cases of celebrity stalkers also fall into this category. So, ding, 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 ding. They're all fucking creepy, if you ask me. Get the fuck yeah. away from me. There was a guy in, I, in high school who wouldn't leave me alone like that. And then, like, years later, he hit me up. And then, like, he didn't stop until I got somebody to, like, go online and, like, pretend to, like, be with me so that they would leave me alone. Jeez. You're lucky yeah. that he left me alone even after that and just didn't get worse. Yeah, right? I was creeped out, too, because we started moving closer. To me. I was like, oh, God. I was in, like, a completely different city. <laughs> Jeez. I think that actually that's one of the stalkers that we cover here. I remember reading that on my first go. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. So the next one is the erotomaniac, or sorry, the erotomanic stalker. Oh, yeah. Okay. This one, or do you just want me to? Sorry? I think the connection was weird. No, it's okay. I said, did you want me to take a jab at it, or do you want me to just say it? Did you want to take a jab at it, or do you want me to say it? I don't think I said that right. Let me formulate a guess here. You said a rotomanic stalker? Yeah. I can't say the word very well. I'm struggling with English today. No worry. A rotomanic stalker? Man, I don't know. I just feel like it's somebody who's got to jack off. 
Okay. All right. Well, let's see what it says here. So the minority group, 10% of stalkers is where women predominate. Ooh. Usually pursuing male strangers or casual acquaintances. Several cases of male celebrities having their homes broken into by starstruck women, like George Harrison and David Letterman, seem to fit this category. So that would be insane. Yeah. Could you imagine? A lady in your house is like, whoa, honey, I made you supper. Who the fuck are you? How did you get past? All your security's dead. Well, yeah, just like all the cords are cut and everything, just all the security's just not working anymore. And you're just like, she's just like, hey, how's it go? How's your day? I know you love me. I know you. Actually, you know what? This kind of transitions into the intimacy seeker. So I'll get down to that one. Um, so the false victimization syndrome. So this is an interesting one. It's a it's a type of stalker. It's a very small number. Do you have any idea what false victimization syndrome might be? False victimization syndrome. It sounds like somebody who thinks they're the victim even though they're not yeah yeah that's that's essentially it um this person claims to be a stalking victim when they're not the motivation yeah. for them represents a bid for attention an attempt to create an alibi for a retaliatory action a delusional preoccupation preoccupation oh my god like i said i can't talk i struggle with this one before too let's try this again a delusional preoccupation with the alleged stalker or to maintain a relationship with the alleged perpetrator while retaining the sympathetic role of the victim, a kind of reverse stalking. So yeah. So they're actually obsessed, but they're like, Oh no, it's them. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually doing that to me, but you were in their house. Yeah. But they wanted me there. No, they oh didn't. My God, I went to X person's house today. They so want me. Yeah. I, I saw him. Yeah. I saw them drive by at the supermarket and look the other way. And I know he just wanted to look at me. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't put myself in these people's brains. If someone wants to pitch in on maybe the psychology of these things, maybe that would be another one to get into, but that's a really deep dive. And then I guess the psychology of it would be more like their personality disorders or, you know, what is driving them, the motivational factors, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, like we laugh and we joke, but like, it's, it's not funny what's happening though. No, it really doesn't. It sucks. It really sucks. Like I was saying earlier, um, when I was on just like even myself, you know, scared to let the kids go outside, scared to even go outside in the dark, you know, just there's always fear driven. It always feels like someone's watching or, you know, you got to warn the daycare and you got to warn the school and anybody who is around, like, don't talk to this person. Don't let them know where we are. Like, it's almost like playing victim 
um, what is it called when they, uh, like, give you a new identity? What the fuck is that called? Brain fart. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you almost have to play witness protection. But it's hard because if you're anywhere close, so they, like, if they're that obsessed, they might still find you. But yeah, sucks. Sucks. <laughs> but I'm going to get into some of the different, um, I guess, a few extra different stalkers here. So the intimacy speaker. So this one was the one that I was saying is kind of tying off to the erotomanic stalker. Um, do you want to take a guess or do you just want me to segue onto it? Because we kind of oh. covered that. Feel free to segue. This stalker is usually, or sorry, usually has not had a prior relationship with the object of his obsession, but he wants one. He has convinced himself that he and his unwilling, and in the early stages, probably unaware, paramour are destined to be together. We're soulmates. The target... The target he believes is secretly in love with him, but external circumstances such as her profession, social class, or the inconvenience of being mated with another get in the way of her openly professing her love. Many cases of celebrity stalkers fall into this category, and the pursuer, if sufficiently delusional, may detect secret messages directed at him in the words she says on screen. He spoke to me in that interview. That was that song. That's about me. lyrics in the songs he sings yeah and so forth celebrity or not he will often deluge his target with letters electronic messages and gifts and he will take the slightest reaction of any kind as proof of her love she had the security guard punch me and throw me out because she just can't handle her passionate feelings for me it's a like yes that's what that means (laughs) thousand percent yeah, just for the record, that's huge sarcasm. That's not what that means. That means get the fuck out and go yeah. away. You are unwanted at that point. Yeah, you're literally being kicked out. If you were wanted, that would not be happening. Yeah, I think you would get a bit of a different um, invitation or welcoming um, yeah, you know, like, oh, hey, how's it going? Rather than uh, get the fuck out or I'm calling the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're being hauled out by the fucking coattails of your, yeah. Yeah. Some people. Some people. The incompetent suitor. Do you know what that would be? I don't know, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So, like the intimacy seeker, this type is infatuated with the object of his infection, affection, but is simply seeking a date or sexual encounter, not an eternal soul melding. He is typically a socially inept male who is more likely than other stalker types to be deterred by a firm, forthright rejection and then turn his attentions to a new target. So. They just want to fuck, and then they won't leave you alone until you fuck. And then if you tell them to fuck off, they're like, okay, I'm going to find someone else to bother. So they're just in... Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. This one's a fun one. The rejected stalker. See, the next three ones, three stalkers that come up are um, ones that I have personal experience with. So I guess there's a few of them. They kind of all tie into one another, though, too. So it's like they kind of have your your primary and then there's like subset one subset two kind of thing so they kind of branch off and almost like if you were to draw a web diagram yeah. and start with three and then you come back and then you branch off to those ones so like i said there's a lot of different types of stalkers and uh the more you learn about them like i literally thought stalking was some disgruntled ex that would follow you around that's stalking I didn't realize it was, you know, showing up at, well, I guess now in hindsight, right? Showing up at your place or sending you messages all the time and hovering and stuff like that. didn't realize that's all the stalking, too. But be, like, pretty fast. I didn't realize how fast it can get. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So the rejected stalker. Any jabs? Sorry? The rejected stalker. Any grabs? Well, probably he's stalking because he feels rejected or has been rejected. So now he's seeking his revenge, sort of. Like he's gotta he he's gotta either get them back or just watch them or something creepy on them. Yeah. So essentially as well. You're pretty good at this. Aha. <laughs> rejected stalker this person cannot let go and move on from one from a terminated relationship and the stalking represents some mixture of the desire for reconciliation and revenge if you won't take me back i sure won't let you forget me haunting (laughs) in the stalker's mind the relationship can never really be over and he wants the victim to know that so that's the personal experience i have like in going through some of the stuff i'm reading through right now that phase is what I'm reading through right now. And then it turned into our next type of stalker, which is the resentful stalker. So as you can probably imagine, this sub or this subject wants payback for his rejection and other injury to his ego. The purpose of the stalking is to intimidate and terrorize the victim in order for this burned stalker to regain a sense of power and control. He is likely to be among the most intrusive and interpersonally destructive of stalkers, harassing friends of the victim, attempting to sabotage her work status, engaging in cyber-stalking, vandalizing her home, car, and possessions, kidnapping pets, and so on. While actual physical attacks on the victim are rare, when they occur, they may be characterized by extreme violence. So, that's a fun one not it's not yeah so this is like even after any sort of breakup right like dating violence and that sort of thing is something that is typically going to occur after a breakup especially if you were in a relationship that had you know someone with a personality disorder or was domestic violence of any kind so that could be emotional physical sexual abuse financial you know abuse name it right so getting out of those types of relationships a lot of times you will see these types of stalkers because they just they can't let go of that control and that abuse was control so this is just another way that they try to intimidate you and keep you within their walls good times 
again, not. <laughs> yeah. Um, the predatory stalker is the next one. So, any ideas with that? Predator. Well, yeah. They're so they're probably a predator going after their prey. You know, they gotta find they gotta find what they're looking for. Unfortunately, because they're sick. Mm -hmm. So, yes, as the term implies, the stalker engages in covert surveillance in the pursuit of his victim, usually as preparation for an actual assault, most commonly a sexual assault. He will often remain anonymous to the victim up until the time of an actual attack. This kind of stalking may be a prelude to more serious behavioral patterns such as serial rape or serial homicide. So that that's the most extreme one, I would think. Um, it's pretty, yeah. Yeah, like that's something you would expect, like say, you know, pretty girl or girl leaving the bar late at night, you're kind of drunk. Yeah. And like that, that's what that reminds me of, right? Some guy sees you and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because this one, oh, yeah. <laughs> And then he follows you until he's got you away from things, and then you end up on Dateline. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me of like a like a true crime premise. Yeah, definitely getting the feels from the true crime. So yeah, true crime inspired premise. Yeah. So, in regards to that, a handy tip: always be situationally aware. Never leave the bar or anywhere alone. If you have to, ask the bouncers, ask a taxi cab, ask for help. Don't ever go at it alone. Um, the less that you can put yourself in a situation where you will become a victim, the better off you will at, or be at not becoming a victim. So yeah. just take the cab, yeah. text the fan, because yeah. you don't want to fucking take the cab and actually end up having that taxi driver not fucking take you to the right place and you're like, dude, the fuck? And yeah. then you eventually get home, but you're like fucking, maybe you don't? So text yeah. someone. Or go with someone, even better. Yeah. Even ask a security guard, like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you just, can you monitor me home so this fuckwad doesn't try and rape me or something? There's ways. I know asking for help sometimes sucks, but the more and more that this stuff becomes aware and people know about it, the less likely people are going to not want to help. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Don't worry. But be situationally aware. Like even when you get to the bar and stuff or wherever you are, always scan your area, always look around. If there's anyone yeah, sketching yeah. anything out of place, like just if always be aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And if they leave, don't be that person that's like, oh, I just want to stay a little bit longer. I'm going to stay with this person. I just met because we're like best friends now. We're like drinking together. We're so cool friends. Oh my God. <laughs> don't be that person. Leave with people you know. Yeah. Also, don't be the creepy fuck to roll up on some girl who just got ditched by their friends and try to get her to do coke with you. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't be, be that fucking either. Don't be that creepy fuck. 
your coke probably isn't even coke. It's probably fucking meth. Don't do yeah, it. Probably. Don't do the purple heroin. Yeah, or it's probably some fucking date rape drug, and he's just gonna no, no, no. This do it. Go run away yeah. with your friends. Don't just yeah, you know. Don't put it in your mouth if it's a muffin or a beat, because you don't know just what it is. Remember, boys and girls, don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, man. So just don't. Don't do it. Big no. Save yourself. Uh, so we have the sexually driven stalker. So he pursues women to have sex with them, sometimes consensual, other times forced. The unrequited love stalker. He haunts the objects of his affections who stubbornly refuses to return his adore. The rejected revenge-seeking stalker. So once having had a relationship with the victim, he is outraged at her rejection and swears vengeance. How dare she dump me? I'll teach her a lesson she'll never forget. The celebrity stalker, he and sometimes she, targets famous people. In some cases, the stalker believes the celebrity is in love with him. In other cases, he has mentally fused his identity with that of the celebrity to the point he resents the very existence of his rival. I find that one fairly interesting. Like, you've got a... Obviously, you know, mental disorder is is screaming at that point. (laughs) You have taken on the identity of someone like, Hey, I'm Crocodile identity all of a sudden. I'm just going to be him. I don't like the bugger anymore. Oh, I'm dead, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't understand. Or like if I were to be a spice girl, like, hey, I'm sporty spice. I don't know why everyone has this accent, by the way. <laughs> but you know, like I just I guess unless you're actually in the position, right? You don't you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I find that interesting though. But I guess the example that they used here was um, very famous one when John Lennon got gunned down by Mark David Chapman. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So huh. it happens. It happens. Um, one statistic I learned earlier today, too, is um, out of the US, I want to find some Canadian statistics, but 1.4 million people are currently dealing with stalking or have dealt with stalking um, since it became a thing. Mm-hmm in the u.s so i i find that to be a fairly staggering amount and that's only people who have come forward you know yeah. knowing how helpful it is when you do make a a police contact or you know bring attention to the fact that you're being stalked a lot of times you are just met with well we can't really do anything until something happens so a lot of people just feel helpless and even reporting it um, yeah and then also, what do you do if the person stalking you is, like, the person you married to? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. well, they're your husband. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's your wife. Like, and it still makes me feel unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. So there are political stalkers. And then, so that's obviously, it's kind of like the celebrity stalker. It's just stalking people of a political nature. And then the professional contract killer, which they aren't really uh, stalkers, but I guess in a sense they kind of are. 
just because of the fact that if you're a contracted killer, um, you have obviously have to stock down your victim to yeah. find their whereabouts and where they're going to be at given times so that you can assess yeah yeah super fun so um another stalker here is the sadistic stalker so these perpetrators derive pleasure from intimidating and terrorizing their victims these stalkers are on a power trip and carry a highly or a high potential for danger so fun yeah like it just i don't know it ties in a lot right with mental disorders like a lot of these people are are messed up (laughs) like a rainbow stocking yeah yeah well one of the things that i had learned earlier too when i was kind of re-listening to things is um lots of stalkers are actually narcissists which doesn't really surprise me to be honest same (laughs) but yeah and usually stalkers don't take no for an answer yeah i kind of jotted down some notes here but um and one thing actually i did find interesting throughout that research was that you know a lot of times we with stalkers right you focus on the victims or you know how the victim's feeling but i found it interesting um today listening to some things they mentioned that the stalker also kind of needs to be treated you know because it is it is a disorder um so i don't know if it was in the one that i fucking erased but um i was talking about how in different court systems like here in canada Um, Manitoba specifically it seems super broken and compared to other countries you know the systems work a lot more together so mental health works with the criminal system Um, you know everything is connected whereas here in Manitoba everything is disconnected you know it's you know the judges don't really know anything about family law and they don't know about you know the criminal part of it or they don't know about mental health so um, what happens and I, I have a lady that I talked to, she's from Poland originally, and there they don't focus so much on your patient's rights. You know, if you're being the perpetrator and you're behaving like this and you're causing harm and intimidation to people and you've been arrested for breaching an order or whatever, you are forcibly assigned to complete an intervention program that will help you with your mental disorder and you go through a diagnosis and it's not, it's against your will, I guess, in a way, but it's an actual intervention. So the programs actually work together to rehabilitate the person, not just let them out here. The person has the choice. They can get help, but when they don't see that there's a fucking problem with themselves, they're not going to go and be like, Oh, you know, I've been arrested for a couple of times. I should maybe go talk to someone about it. I don't know what's going on. They they see it as a fucking challenge. It's like, hey, I just got away with that again. This is kind of fucking fun. They get off on it. So, I yeah, that's fun. Got off easy. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I want to try and bring about to change as well. You know, there's it's well known between all these different systems. You know, child and family services, mental health the police, the criminal system, um, you know, judges, justice, all of that, nothing is connected. So 
I want to start somewhere and figure out a way and, you know, whether it be through petitions or what, find a way to start getting these things to work together because it shouldn't take somebody being physically harmed or killed before somebody can do something. And even in, in the brief of it too, you know, the systems focus a lot more on the rights of the criminal and the parents and you look at domestic violence cases and stuff like that too and the system looks at domestic violence and goes well you know when we do custody and stuff it's always in the best interest of the children don't give a fuck about the fucking children they care about the parental rights does dad Mm -hmm. get his rights mom get her rights that's what they care about they don't give a fuck about the collateral damage of the child they think that domestic violence doesn't affect children it very much has an effect on children. Yeah, the children. Well, exactly. Like it has an effect on them. So you're raising a bunch of people who have trauma that they're trying to heal from, but you're trying to make them to be a functional part of society, but you're handicapping them because you don't actually give a fuck, which makes me wonder if that's part of the system is what they want. They want a bunch of broken people who are just mindlessly working for the government so they can pay taxes. You know, it, it baffles me. But there's holes everywhere, and I want to fix them. I want to bring light to it and just, you know, try and amalgamate some systems so that if these types of things are happening and it's a recurrence that, hey, now you're being mandated, you have to take this course, you have to show up, or there's consequences. You know, why does it have to, why does the tier have to be so high before somebody steps in, essentially? Yeah, like they didn't even categorize it as a as a like a criminal offense until after like an actress died. Yeah. Yeah. And even in a lot of places like um in dealing with my thing, like I've I've spoken to police and I've spoken to my lawyers and I'm like, hey, so stalking, like, isn't that a thing? Can't we use that towards what we're doing and yeah. they're like oh, no because the courts don't really recognize stalking as a crime meanwhile you go on the canadian websites you go on manitoba law websites and all the fucking literature is there right like yeah i i like would never have thought that that's what it's like until you went through that yeah no so it's all it's all for sure i have a thing sitting in front of me it's from the um the government of Canada, stalking is a crime called criminal harassment. But do they do anything about it? It doesn't no. count. <laughs> like, they won't do anything unless he's in your house and he breaches a couple times, but then they'll just arrest him and let him go anyway. Great. Yeah. But you also have a pre- protection order too so it's like yeah Yeah. actually yeah and even with the protection order like literally I would have to run outside with him driving by take pictures of him physically in the seat because if I came back and like I've got videos and stuff right and I've got pictures of his vehicle I've got accounts of witnesses and stuff all of that can be or- argued by his lawyer that if I didn't personally see him driving or nobody personally saw him driving and it 
truck or whatever, it, it it's going to get let go. So it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I would literally have to run out, endanger myself just to get a picture of him in the fucking driver's seat. Even though I might have said that, yeah, I know it's his truck. I saw him driving. It was him. Well, did you get a picture of him? How do you know it was him? And so it falls your word against theirs. And then the court looks at that and they go, well, there's not a 100% chance of conviction here. Bounce it back. There you go. We're not charging. That's how our system is set up right now. That's what I've learned. And that's my personal experience. So you, anybody listening, if you've got a, like, I'm not trying to call anybody down. This has been my personal experience through this. And this is why I'm passionate about it because there's fucking holes everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Craziness, but a little bit of a segue there. Um, yeah so anyway we'll read over some stalking behaviors and then um yeah like like i said uh i do have lots of information from government websites and stuff so there is out there if you are being stalked um we'll we'll cover those in a little bit here too um but just some types of stalking behaviors so there's hyper intimacy behaviors now bridget did you know that these are extensions of a typical romantic courtship behavior um, but they're pursued to an extreme level, such as showering the target with cards, emails, flowers, endless phone calls, and so on. Though kind of cute at first, the relentless love barrage begins to take on a creepily desperate and confrontational quality over time. Yeah, that so, thing just won't go away. Yeah, yeah. Have you had any experience with that? Like you said, you had this guy in high school that was kind of doing stuff like that to you. Yeah, and then like one time like the one the literal one time we hung out because it was actually only one time like I had to stop at my house after school for something and to Mm -hmm. run inside just to grab something quick and for some reason he was like insisting on coming inside right which I thought was really weird and I was like whatever it's just gonna be like a few minutes And then, like, within those few minutes, for some reason, he had, like, convinced my parents that, like, we were, like, going on a date or something. And then, like, my mom wouldn't stop asking me about it, and I had to, like, tell her to stop asking me about him. Because, like, it really means nothing. Like, I was, it was the one time we hung out, and, like, we weren't even, like, friends, you know, we were, like, acquaintances. And, yeah, like it was a super awkward hangout and everything, and then he just like wouldn't leave me alone at school and everything like that. And then like yeah, I moved away after high school to a different town, and he was like still bugging me online now and then. And then he moved, started moving close with me. I was like, oh god. And then yeah, like I said, got someone to like pretend that they were with me so that he'd like leave me alone but that's like the personal experience that I think I know of that happened to me that's still pretty though dude like that somebody would closer to you and just wouldn't let it go and how he tried to convince your parents and stuff like yeah it's one time yeah. And like I did reject him. 
Jeez, well, I'm glad you got out of it, dude. <laughs> I hope he never. Yeah, I hope he never finds you again. Just... Yeah, well, <laughs> well, if he does, then like he better look out, cause I have less chill now. <laughs> I know what. <laughs> I know what is up. I know what. So, uh, the next type of typology is mediated contacts. So, mediated contacts are increasingly increasingly common and enlist the use of technology, including cell phones, email, instant messaging, text messaging, and so on. In its more extreme forms, this may develop into cyber-stalking. So, cyber-stalking is a really fun one. Good old internet chat rooms and shit like that. Fucking Messenger and Facebook. There's lots of creeps on Facebook. There's so many different social medias. A lot of people don't keep up with their privacy settings properly, which you really should. Keep up with that shit. Take the time and do that shit. Yeah, because make sure you can see, too, what other people see, because you might think you've got things hidden, and you don't. Yeah. Also, like, on Snapchat, that, like, uh... There's, like, a, like, a, you can see where your emoji is, like, what's it called? I'm blanking right now, but it's, like, it follows you around. It's, like, a location. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Another reason I don't use that. Yeah, no, that's another good reason that I don't use that platform. I don't know. Snapchat. (laughs) I have seen before when people are like, they call in to work and I'm like, oh, funny that you say you're sick at home when it says on your Snapchat that you're at the mall in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those were awkward times. Yeah. (laughs) That's a way that they can cyber stalk you too, right? And I remember back when Facebook or you could share your location on Facebook Messenger. And same thing, I'd have a cousin, and she was always notorious for saying she was somewhere where she wasn't. And actually, I had my ex do that a couple times too, like texting, saying he was somewhere and he wasn't. And it's like, well, your thing says you're sending it from such and such a place, not actually there. Funny you say that. Yeah, interesting. That reminds me. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to like my second cousin. So Mm -hmm. her and her friends were hanging out and they went around all the time and they had that app, Find My Friends. And then they all wanted to go hang out this one time, but they didn't want to go with one specific friend because the specific friend tends to like he was like kind of tend to be a downer and like or like bring people that nobody knew and stuff like that and so like they kind of wanted to go without this guy so they all went to this place without this dude and then uh so that they could be away from him and then while they were sitting there he shows up and he's like hey guys and they're like what's up and he's like yeah, I saw him find my friends that you guys were all here, so we just came by. 
And they were all like, well, that sucks. Yeah, time to delete that app. Yeah. Jeez. No, that's another app that I never had experience with. The most I ever kind of had experience with was, like I said, Facebook Messenger. I, I don't think it does that anymore. I've got mine turned off anyways, but even Google... Google um, tracking and shit like are tech savvy enough. They can hack your computer. They can see where your phone stuff is. They can get into all your passwords. They can make fake profiles to you or slander your business page on Instagram um, <laughs> with really uh, should have known better names. <laughs> I won't name the name, but the name that person used to create their fake profile, I, sh- I should have known better. It was interesting. Something about stealing identity, let's just say that. Yeah. And, and just so stupid to be like, oh, look, somebody wants to be on my photography page. Great. No. Okay. Well, I, would, I, I would let that person have me too. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, man. A nice photography page? Hell yeah. Had a nice picture of a dog. What can I say? I like dogs. Yeah. Fuck. I could have known better afterwards, though. Once I actually started looking through things, it was like, fuck's sake. Once again, that goes back to being situationally aware. Always be situationally aware of what's going on around you. Be leery about people that you don't know. You never know who it might be. Yeah. Or even friends of these people. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's all right. <laughs> um, interactional contacts. Those involve efforts at direct interpersonal encounters. This can range from sitting a few tables away at the victim's favorite restaurant to registering for the same class as the victim's takes victim takes out of college to getting a job where the victim works trying to reach the parties so that's an interesting one too so that's like oh hey i didn't know you came here at four o'clock every day for coffee fancy seeing you here oh uh-huh. <laughs> like oh hey i didn't know you worked here <laughs> i do too now Fun. Yeah. So, um, surveillance tactics are another type of stalking behavior. So, usually these are espionage. Uh, the stalker follows the victim around, takes photos and videos, breaks into their mailbox, hacks into her internet, has a GPS device to her car, and so on. Sometimes this is done clandestinely to gather intelligence about the victim. Other times the stalker may let the victim know she is a target, but without revealing the pursuer's identity as a way of further frightening and intimidating the victim. So this is kind of like typically ones you'd see on some like movies, right? Actually, this is the one that I have been around the most. Yeah. So... Well, so the one that does not involve my family member, <laughs> it was 
I won't say who it was, but at a previous job of mine, it involved delivering the food, right? And so we had delivery drivers. And so it was one of the delivery drivers. And she had like an insane stepdad man. And like, there were times where like, so she had problems where like, he would come by her house while she was sleeping or something, or like right before she came home from work, and he would put in these big, huge nails right where she would be parking so that her tires would be fucked. And she would constantly have no car for work. And what? he would follow her around on her shifts because she had her car topper on, right? So she was an obvious car. So he would track her down, then he would follow her around all day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we had to send we had to send my manager one time to like check on her, I think. I think. Ooh. Yeah, no, fucking bad. And she ended up having to get like trail cams and stuff for her apartment so that she could like catch him in the act. And it worked actually one time. And like, Jeez. but like you said, uh, the police couldn't do anything about it because it was it was too blurry of an image to tell for certain. And so, but she showed it to her mom. And her mom was like, oh, hell, that's a thousand percent him. That's his truck. That's him. That's the way he walks. That's him. Yeah. Right. And so she was like, dude, the fuck. But like, he's still fucking creepy as shit. And he fucking stalks her, man. See, that's the thing that I don't fucking get. OK, so you have pictures and the the officer that I spoke to, I was like, yeah, I have this video. You can't really like the face is a little bit grainy. And he tells me he's like, oh, well, we have ways to figure that out. So then I just wonder, does it come down to compassion fatigue of these officers that some people just they are so sick of dealing with it, they don't fucking care? Or like, what is it? Why does it vary between people? Like, I just I don't understand that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know, man. It could be down to like people who are there for a paycheck over people who are there because they care. Yeah, that's true, right? That's true. You always got to think that, even though you don't want to, right? You don't want to believe that people would take those jobs just and not give a fuck about them. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, well, we'll carry on here and then we'll kind of wrap her up and see how things went hopefully we didn't lose that whole fucking recording dude tactics so invasion tactics escalate the intrusiveness of stalking the victim's home or workplace may be broken into computer files may be hacked or infected and information or physical property may be stolen or vandalized so yeah basically what it what it sounds like invading so invading all of your privacy like you know Rearranging yeah. shit you're not home, or like I said before, hacking your computer, taking yeah. all your shit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of different types of stalking for sure. Um, another one here is harassment and, and intimidation. So those represent a more severe form of interpersonal intrusiveness. The stalker may verbally insult the victim, may harass her friends and relatives, may attempt to damage the victim's reputation through third parties, smear campaigns, also known as. 
or may try to jeopardize her work status. Um, so there's also coercion, coercion and threat behaviors. These represent an even more serious escalation with a high potential for danger to the victim. Stalker may now be directly, or sorry, the stalker may now directly threaten to harm the victim, her family, friends, or pets, or to damage her car or home. Conversely, in a desperate bid to influence the victim, the stalker may threaten to kill himself. See what you've driven me to do? In some cases, accompanied by threats of harm. If I'm going, I'm taking you with me. So that's pretty scary. Yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and then the last one here is physical aggression and violence. So these represent some of the most severe and potentially lethal outcome of seriously destructive vandalism and arson, physical assault, sexual assault, murder, suicide, murder, suicide, and attacks on friends, workmates, and family members of the victim. So, lots of different behaviors, lots of examples of stalking, um, some stats. So, yeah, um, I guess basically just to kind of bring it home, um, some different resources of stalking. You had mentioned that one website before when you were talking to oh, your cousin. Um, Loveisafe.org. Yeah, so you can always, um, you know, if you are experiencing stalking behaviors or scared, there are resources, depending on if you're in Canada or the States. If you go onto the Manitoba government page, there is an actual stalking um, uh, it's like It's like a page, and then it's got a bunch of different other little headings and different things that you can look up and then different resources as well. So depending on the province, then the Canadian um, government website has some information on that as well. So there are some different ways um, to find those things. Uh, women's resources centers, shelters, those are also good places to go. They can help you get set up with protection orders also. Um there's another website that I, I came across today, or another resource. It's called Spark. So S P A R C. It's a resource center. They can help you with a lot of different things too, and identify, um, you know, what's going on and help you in the best way. Also, so there's lots of different things. If you need help with anything, feel feel free to email us at survivorsrightingwrongs.com, and we can always help out as well. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd maybe like to add this evening, Bridget? Um, I don't know. Um, oh, if you think that somebody is stalking you, document dates and times that you see them and the places that you see them. Yeah, that's a huge one. Documentation is, is huge. And if you have any witnesses, that helps. Make sure you write all of that down. Um, you know, and understand that we get it too, you know, it, it's a feeling of fear, you know, you're always on guard, it is unwanted, so, you know, I understand the anxiety that that puts on people, um, it, it can be really debilitating in a lot of cases, because, you know, the fear can override, you don't even want to leave the house, you don't know, so just... 
know you're not alone. Um, always reach out. There's supports. Hopefully this episode helped identify some of those things. And, you know, if you are going like that, hopefully this helps to bring light to it. Maybe answer some questions for you about what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bridget, would you like to help me close this up and uh, we can let our fine listeners know where they can find us? Oh, Do you remember? <laughs> so, of course, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, there's Anchor Podcasts, there's Breaker Podcasts. Are we on Apple Podcasts now? I don't know, but we're for sure on Pocket Cast. Okay, cool. So maybe not Apple Podcasts, but there's lots of different platforms that you can find us on. So um, feel free to search Survivors Writing Wrongs, share it with a friend, share it around. And if you are willing to share your story with us, um, whether it be publicly and anonymously, or whether just through an email, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Or even if you have a suggestion for like a topic that you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, that would be really handy. Um, we are always looking for different things about things that you'd want to hear about, things that we can maybe bring some light to as well, things that maybe we haven't even thought of because, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're only two people with our own experiences. So there's a lot that we probably don't even know about yet. Mm-hmm. yeah well thank you so much for joining me tonight Bridget and thank you so much for having me always a pleasure always a pleasure well with that folks we bid you adieu have a good evening and blessed be Also, if you are interested in listening to our podcast, Survivors Writing Wrongs, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Hopefully our network will keep growing as we go, so make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast and let us keep growing so we can reach more people and help more folks. Thanks again and have a good evening. See ya!